My name is Peter Callen, and we're here today downtown Albuquerque at the Seed Swap. So um, my story is about the, um, my experiences over the past couple years with the Rocky Mountain bee plants that I've been seeing growing wild in the arroyos and was um, brought to my attention by other people that I work with and do restoration work with, um, that when their seeds are, the seeds that are the most viable in the pod are usually the really um, dark black seeds. And there are some seeds that will be white or a gray color, but the dark black ones are um, the ones that work better for um, being viable. So um, in going with that information, I started gathering them and uh, planting them in my yard and in other places where they weren't growing, like in arroyo bottoms, because they really like sandy arroyo bottoms. And in growing wild, they um, overwinter um, from seeding in the fall and dropping their their seed pods burst open in the late summer and the seed gets buried in the sand and then in the spring if there's any um, snow melt or um, spring rain that starts running in the arroyo um, that's when they germinate and come up and then they'll just be a small plant in the wild until the monsoons come. And if they get um, a lot of rain from the monsoons, then they'll just keep growing. And the more water they get, the more they'll grow. So if you have them in your yard um, and you're watering them starting in the spring after they will just emerge on their own, um, but then if you start watering them, um, they will continue to grow and bloom all throughout the summer into the fall. Um, they can get really huge, like the stems can get almost two inches in diameter um, and up over your head, so like, you know, seven, eight feet tall if they're in a protected location and they're, they're happy there with um, flowers coming off of every um, branch. So, um, I've been gathering that seed that is from the yard and, and giving it to friends and telling them about this plant. It's one of the guild of the, everyone knows about the three sisters of corn, beans, and squash, but um, as was talked about today by one of the speakers from the ABC Seed Library here in Albuquerque, um, there are three other plants in that guild along with the three sisters, uh, the sunflower, the Rocky Mountain bee plant, and amaranth that were all grown together and that really synergistically help each other to grow and to pollinate. And um, this past year, um, well, over the past few years, I've noticed that when we get harlequin beetles, um, that the Rocky Mountain bee plant is the first thing they go to and start eating them. And um, 
so also the brassicas, the harlequin bugs like. So um, this past year, it was the harlequin bug peak year. Like they came in May and they stayed all the way through November. They just came wave after wave. I tried to, you know, kill them and, you know, take them off of bushes and um, try and reduce their numbers. But like the next day, they would be just as many right back. So I just gave up. And um, they ended up eating all the Rocky Mountain bee plants, just killing them. They, they're sucking insects, so they suck all the juice. They suck the juices out. So in a, you know, in a regular year, I may have a few harlequin bugs, and they don't kill the plants. They just kind of come through in a couple weeks, then they're gone. Um, but this past year, they just stayed. And I didn't see babies, though. I, they were just like big mature adults the whole summer so i don't know what was up with that but anyway um they started after they were done with the rocky mountain bee plants they moved on to the other the brassicas and mustard family and started decimating those the arugula was all killed off um things like that um but they were so many of them, they were just crawling on every plant and tree in the yard. Um, not necessarily eating them, but just crawling on everything. They were just covering tree branches and covering all the surfaces of all the plants. It looked pretty scary. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it wasn't much we could do, so um, it just was waiting for them to leave, but they never really did. They just stayed until it got cold, you know, and and the late fall. So um, that is the main part of what um, I was experiencing in my yard, but in the wild. Um, they, the plant always like pops out to me now that I know what it is and know um, where it grows. And I see it along roadsides, I see it in town on sidewalks, and um, it um, has large conspicuous flowers and can get big, so it's easy to spot. But I've been gathering seed where I can and spreading it to different locations just to give it a chance to grow somewhere else um, if the seed will take. Um, because I think it was a very widespread plant in the past and people did spread it around because it was um, a human, you know, had a human use and people recognized its value as an edible um, plant. The leaves were eaten in the spring when they're young, and you can cook them and eat them. And then um, it's also an important dye plant. It has so much iron in it that it makes a really strong black dye. So um, for that reason, I think it was you know, helped along throughout the Southwest and was in probably every arroyo and was just ubiquitous. And now um, it isn't so much. And the arroyos have been degraded 
um, in a lot of ways, and so they don't hold the water that they used to hold. And so um, I think their populations and populations of a lot of plants like that have declined. But um, I think it's a valuable um, seed to keep spreading and use in restoration work when you're doing stream restoration. Um, so, uh, another, a relative of the Rocky Mountain bee plant, there's several species of it in the southwest, and um, there's the garden variety that I've been describing that I think has been more used in gardens, but there's another really robust, stinky, smelly, sappy variety that's really, like if you touch it, you get this really goopy, um, sticky sap on your hands. and it's, it's highly aromatic. You can smell it as you're walking by. And it's um, thicker stemmed and more robust, and the pods are really thick and tough and much thicker than the other variety. And so um, I noticed that growing in several places, and some was in our neighborhood on the, alongside the, the dirt roads there. And so I spread some of that seed last fall too to see if it would um, spread. It liked the little ridge of dirt that gets pushed up on the side of the road. That's where I saw it growing in several different locations, just in that little berm on the side of the road. So um, there's a lot of roadside um, uh, a lot of value in the roadside botany. You know, um, I live in Placitas, New Mexico, and um, the highway that goes up there, 165, has, you can see the edge of the road gets from the runoff from rain. Um, I've heard that it's double of what is on the landscape is what is along the roadsides from the rain that's not soaking into the highway that's running off to the sides, it's like a roof. And so you're, the road is actually gathering um, this rain along, its, along either side of it and kind of doubling the, the average rainfall in the area. So you get really, you can get some really lush plant growth, grasses and sunflowers and other um, wild plants, and it's a great place to gather seed. Um, and it usually gets mowed um, at some point during the year. The highway department will come and mow it. But um, before it gets mowed or even after, if the grass has set seed, um, is a good time to go and rake it up and um, get a nice um, bale of grass seed. Um, or, you know, of course, going along right before they mow, if, <laughs> if you can time that. And, uh, and the seed is ripe to harvest then. But it's the kind of thing where it's, it's going to get mowed eventually. So it's a good place to you know, not worry about gathering seed because it's, it's not going to be there. You know? and, it, and it gets reseeded every year thickly. So it's a good spot to, to harvest you know, kind of this this wild seed, and it's mostly um, wild plants. A lot of um, side oats gramma and uh, windmill grass and um, that uh, wild sunflower that grows alongside the road and other plants that I can't 
think of right now. But um, anyway, that in a nutshell is what I wanted to talk about. And I'm going to be doing more um, native seed sowing this spring in Placitas. We're going to be making some adobe seed balls and um, continuing to do restoration work um, in Placitas and in other parts of New Mexico with uh, the Albuquerque Wildlife Federation does these weekend uh, field trips where they do stream restoration and those are really a great bunch of people and uh, doing some really beautiful work with um, getting streams turned around from degrading to agrading, you know, building their sediment back up. And um, so that's the type of uh, volunteer work that I've been doing for the past 10 years or so.